else's uh, like a uh, reason to be happy to talk to. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So awesome, Summer. I'm really happy that you are on my podcast because you're an unschooled kid and this is just one tiny piece of your overall being. I know that and it's not fair to reduce you on that term. But I invited you to my podcast because I, what I saw or what I was reading about you on the internet, it was like, dude, this is so awesome. This is how kids should be brought up to, that leads to be like free. And I just like that. So I wanted to talk to you and I wanted to know more about you. And here you are. Thank you so much. Here I am. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's one of my favorite things to talk about, actually, because I got really interested really young about why we were different as a family. And I started noticing and comparing as I grew up and, and started getting really intrigued by parent-child relationships and wondering why other people didn't like their mom the way that I liked my mom and why they couldn't talk to their moms. and. Um, always like I got intrigued really young and so I just watched the whole process through my whole life and it became a pretty strong passion of mine actually and I got into childcare really young I started babysitting when I was 13 and I spent many many years in childcare I even worked in like a preschool for a while and full-time live in nanny for a while and and all of that and the whole time it was like um a study for me you know Because I was fascinated by human psychology, by psychological development, by emotional development, and and always like looking and seeing where those disconnects are and why other people were struggling to connect with their children and you know, how could they not see what I saw or what my mom had seen and um just all of that, you know, and how society views children versus how I view children being how I was raised and how I was treated growing up, I feel like I just had a really, really different um, perspective or view of children because of how I was treated. And that is so nice. Yeah, fascinating to me, the whole thing and learning, like how learning happens. Like we've lost touch with how learning happens. And that's really strange to me that we forgot what it's like to be children And we lost our connection with our, you know, with our, our true motivations and our instincts and our abilities and our intelligence, with our natural intelligence. Like we no longer have any faith or trust in our natural intelligence that we were born with. We think that children are like, I don't know, empty shells that need to be stuffed full of nonsense. I'm not really sure. <laughs> It seems like everyone has really... It doesn't even question. A lot of people don't even question what children actually are. It's only what we can make them into. How can we mold them? How can we shape them instead of, but what are they already? Like we haven't even bothered to check in and see what's already going on. What's already there? What wants to come out before we start shoving things in? So, yeah, I'm really, really lucky that I was allowed to grow up um, really, really free and allowed to unfold according to my own nature and my natural development. Nothing was pushed. I wasn't hurried, and I wasn't dragged along. 
I was really allowed a lot of space and time to explore myself and my own interests and my own passions and my own way of learning. So it wasn't just that I got to learn when and what I was ready for, but also in the way that worked for me. And that seems to be very unusual, I have found, because people have a very strong idea of how to learn and forget that everyone has a very unique way of learning and that there isn't one way for everyone. We're all going to learn very different times for different reasons. And it's personal. Learning is personal. True. That is so nice. Learning is personal. I will steal that. I'm going to write it down because I'm going to forget it. Learning is personal. That is so cool because I, I think, yes, And what bothered me most in school, what really got on my nerves is that I had to be like everyone else and I didn't feel like everyone else. I already knew that is not my path and nobody listened to me. Nobody cared. I was really good in school, but I was so fucking bored and I felt yeah. like my, yeah, my, my soul path, like my calling, I lost it completely and I always felt it and it was just... Uh, push down deeper and deeper like nah don't listen to that it's nonsense you can't do this you can't be free all the time you can't just go to the wilderness and do stuff that's impossible and these kind of things so turned out when I when I was finished was when I I mean I studied for 10 years uh, that's just loca but it is what it is and then I had my child and then I I was thinking, like, I need to give him to school. And I was holding this little baby. I was like, no, 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 no. Wait a second. This is now I'm robbing him of the exact same thing society robbed me of. So I'm not going to do it. And then I discovered you can just be free. That's not a big deal. You can just be free and nothing happens but happiness. You can just explore whatever your soul wants to to express uh, or I don't know. So I think we all have a calling. We all have something to do on this planet. And in school, that is not even a topic. Like, I think it's quite the opposite, at least of yeah. what I found. And there are beautiful schools out there. I don't want to say that uh, it's impossible to, to follow your instincts. But like traditional school, like we call it, that is not even so traditional. Like, it's, it's yeah, uh, just nonsense for me. There are beautiful schools out there for sure. And there's even free schools. And really it's not, um, it's not even like, it's not the learning that's the problem. It's the, it's the forcefulness that's the problem. It's the lack of consent on the part of the child that's the problem. And it's the coercion and manipulation and pressure and control from the adults. And it's, um, you know, most people I feel like were terrified. They're terrified of, of who their children are without control because they're terrified of who they might be without mm -hmm. control because they were never allowed to be free from the time they were little. And that's a huge um, responsibility, you know, your own freedom to be responsible for yourself and to have your own choices. They're yours. And you're the one that has to live with the consequences. And I feel like we rob children of that personal responsibility and that independence by um, having them follow orders. Because then they, they learn to follow orders. They learn to do as other people want them to do, as other people tell them to do. And they're no longer responsible. 
And then when when things happen in life that are maybe not so pleasant, you know, things don't go so well, they can blame an authority instead of being responsible for their own choices. I have no one to blame for my success or my failure. It's all mine because I didn't follow sure. anyone else's structure, anyone else's path. I was never, um, yeah, I was never controlled in that way in the learning. So it was up to me even from the time I was little. And not to say that I was like on my own, like, well, learn whatever you want. You know, like I was very much supported. My mom was very much involved and uh, it was really like a partnership and we were like a little tribe, my family. And uh, so it's not like, oh, you're just on your own. It's not like that at all. It, but it is very much like it's always, it was always my choice because it's my brain. It's my life and it's my brain and it's it's no one else's. And so my mom, I think, my mom just felt that um, that it was wrong to force anyone, any of your fellow humans against their will to use their minds in ways that they're uncomfortable with, unready for, unwilling to. Um, and it's a difficult, it's a tricky thing to explain because I feel like uh, a lot of people think freedom is like all or nothing, um, but there's different kinds of freedom. And when I say like I had freedom, it doesn't mean that I was always free to do whatever I wanted, but I was never forced to do anything I didn't want, which is a very different thing. Um, but I also, you know, it, it's like sometimes you have to get in the car with your family when you don't want to. Sometimes you have to brush your teeth when you don't want to. Like there's those kinds of things, but I was free in my mind to not like that or to, um, you know, to be upset about that. I was afraid to feel however I wanted about that or to think whatever I wanted about that. I had mental freedom, emotional freedom, spiritual freedom always. And I think that that's, um, I like to try to define that from the physical freedom because you don't always have physical freedom. And there's times where you will protect your child and you will say, um, I'm sorry, no, we can't eat that or we can't do that with our bodies or we can't you know there's times when you have to just grab them before they fall down the stairs and you're not going to stop and ask for permission because that's your like mothering instinct to care for and protect and that's okay and I feel like sometimes in the unschooling movement that gets lost a little bit people start to question whether or not they have the right to protect their own children um and I like to remind people that like Yes, you do. That's not the same thing as control. But it is good to question those things because you will find the places where you're you're collapsing them and overlapping them and you might need to investigate there for a while. And sometimes you might have to go the extreme, you know, before you can find your own balance. But um but I like to make a point of that when I have these discussions just that in my family, in my experience, I feel like we had a really beautiful balance. My mom had this really beautiful balance of it being like a we and an us and a tribe. And yet there were times where she had to say no for our protection and our safety. She said yes as much as possible. Um, and that we were always free to think or feel however we wanted about those things. So there were times where like, I know this sucks and I'm sorry, but this has to happen. And I know you don't like it and, and you're free to not like it but this still has to happen. And I, and I see that getting lost in a lot of parents. I've seen people posting about their kids and they're trying to unschool and they're like, buddy, 
you know, um, uh, slamming the door so hard that the hinges are coming out of the wall and like, but I have to let him be free. And I'm like, no, you don't. That's not, that's not okay. When you live in a community, you can't just act however you want. You can feel however you want about it, but you can't act however you want. You have to wash your own dishes. You have to clean up after yourself. You have to participate in the tribe that you're in, or you have to, you know, remove yourself from the tribe. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just rambling on on a tangent here, but I just feel like that's a kind of an important an important point is to like find those places where we're we're mistaking one for the other. Um, that freedom doesn't always mean the freedom to just act however you want and treat people however you want and treat you know your home and property and things however you want. That's not what it means necessarily because that doesn't work in any tribe. Um, all over the world, there's always guidelines. There's always a, a um, you know, a container, like a, a system in place. So that it can be a very loving system. And so my family operated like that. And it was very much a we. It wasn't just this one authority controlling everyone. It was very much like, okay, guys, this isn't working. I know you want to stay up really late at night reading your book, but Kai really needs to sleep because he's little. And we have to, you know, how are we going to work this out? So it wasn't always just like, this adult authority controlling it was like a it was a we and we were constantly evolving and changing so when people ask me for like I get asked a lot for like they want rules they want a structure they want like a system and I'm like you have to find your own there isn't like a one set rule system like you can't just there's not a perfect guidebook there's not a perfect model for everyone that freedom is um unpredictable <laughs> and constantly evolving but when it comes to the learning and the education, that is absolute freedom. I got to learn what I wanted to learn when I wanted to learn it. And a lot of it happened on accident. A lot of my learning happened on accident. And I have three brothers, so I'm not alone here. You know, it's like um, all four of us learned exactly what we needed for the lives that we have chosen, that we've grown into without any kind of manipulation or coercion or control, um, without even a lot of, I would call, like, aggressive encouragement. I see a lot of people unschooling, homeschooling, and there's this aggressive encouragement and a lot of fear. And um, there's so many different elements and influences that go into a child's learning and how they learn and when they learn and what they learn. And, and nowadays we're, you know, we're in a world of technology and that's a whole nother thing that I didn't have. So people often ask about that too. Um, screens and, and I've, I've avoided that topic a lot because it gets really controversial, but that's another area that I feel like people need to find their own, their own way that works for them and balance in their family because it's not going to be the same for everybody. And, Every child is different with every influence. Every influence is different for every child. And um, we were like a really, my mom's super health conscious. So, you know, we didn't have sugar. We didn't do food coloring. We didn't do, you know, we, like those kind of things. And people are like, oh, then you weren't really unschooling. And I'm like, it has nothing to do with it, actually. Just because my mom didn't provide um, poison doesn't mean we weren't unschooling 
because the parent is still the provider and they are the filter between the child and the world. They're like the, you know, the shield, the filter, everything comes through the parent to the child, just like the umbilical cord. When you're in utero, everything comes through the parent to the child and you're filtering out the toxins. And sometimes, yes, parents can filter out too much and get overprotective. Sure. But sometimes I feel like that might be a safer bet than not filtering anything at all. And that doesn't mean that you're not unschooling. So for anyone out there who's listening, who's unschooling and they feel like they're not doing it right because they're not letting their kid eat sugar as much as they want, you're fine. You're still unschooling. It has nothing to do with it. Um, protecting your children from harmful influences is well within your rights as a parent. And it's you can still be unschooling even if you're doing that. And there are some people who are radical unschooling, and I'm not trying to criticize or place judgment. I just want people to know that you can unschool and still um, kind of hold that, create a safe space and, and a, a protective environment for your children. And that that's okay. <laughs> that is so nice. Do we have an echo? No. I don't hope so. I don't hear. Okay, perfect, sure. because uh, sometimes my internet is weird, and when I dial in again, I can't click on remove echo. So just making sure not to fuck up the rest of the recording. Okay, I love what you just okay. said, because I had the same issue. I met so many unschooling families, and they allowed everything, just everything like yeah. from food to tv to everything and i was always i just had a strong gut feeling of what i would consume and what i want my kid to consume because i think he doesn't know shit about this world like he doesn't know what is in the supermarket it's advertised brilliantly for us to grab it consume it eat it and get sick so i was always like no my home at least is sugar free if my kid is over at your place and You're going to give him whatever you need to live with the 24 hours consequences of an over-sugared kid. That's okay for me. It's once in a lifetime or like once in a month. I don't care. But I got a lot of criticism for being the strict unschooling mom. And I felt like, no, this has not, nothing to do with not unschooling. This has everything to do with protecting my child from influences he can't really understand yet. And uh, I... You're giving your exactly. child a chance, you're giving your brain a chance to develop according to their nature. And when you start introducing drug-like substances, and I don't just mean like food substances, I mean like toxic people, some of the things that are on the exactly. internet or in the video, whatever. If you feel, if you feel, I'm not trying exactly. to tell anyone else to let their kid play videos, but what I am saying is that if you feel in your mothering heart, in your gut, that something is harming your child's natural development, then you need to look into that. Listen to yourself. Listen to that because that tells the truth. And exactly. I feel like a lot of people have, have lost that and they're trying so hard to do unschooling and they're uh, stepping over their own sense of rightness in order to, and what what's happening is it's like, Again, you're you're doing us that's a school like mentality. That's a school minded set. Like how do I say that? It's a <laughs> it's a yeah, it's a school like mentality to follow someone else's um set idea of what unschooling is. And I I don't even that term is even lost its meaning 
um, because it used to mean something very different, I feel like, than it means now. I mean, I'm 35 years old. My oldest brother is, how old is he? He's 42. He's 42. So we were some of the early ones. We didn't know anyone else. Like we met other hum, un, like homeschooling families on occasion and they were doing homeschool. They were doing school at home. Oftentimes it was for extreme religious beliefs or, um, you know, things like that. Whereas my mom chose not to put us in school because she felt like it was immoral, actually. I would go so far as to say, like, she felt like it was wrong. Like, why, why would you do that to a child? Like, that's, that's wrong, like, to force them away from you, especially when they don't want to go. Um, I know there's some kids that are like, I can't wait, you know, so, but like for us, for my mom, for her kids, she wasn't going to walk away from us crying, you know, that violated her sense of, of rightness her connection with her children. Um, and she didn't feel like there was anything wrong with us. Like she felt like her children were perfect, whole and complete, all children, not just her children. I don't mean to say that she was like her children are extra special, but just that she saw that when we were born. Like, oh, this is a perfect, whole, and complete being. And um, so when we cried, she answered that cry because she didn't think there was anything wrong with us. And I feel like that, it's like that. That's it. It's that simple. It's actually that simple. It's like from that first early. And that's how it was for my mom. It was little by little. It was just like, oh, well, that feels wrong. No, I'm not going to let them cry themselves to sleep. Why would they be crying if I'm not supposed to be with them? Then I would be assuming that my child is broken or something is wrong with them or, you know, that human nature is wrong, that we are somehow flawed at birth and we must be fixed and controlled and changed in order to be okay. And she was like, this is not right. My children are fine. They're, they're wonderful. They're perfect. So when they cry, it must mean they need me. So I should go. It's a need because she didn't think that we would be crying if we didn't need, you know what? It, it, so it's kind of tricky to explain, but um, it just went like that little by little. It went like that. It was listening to us and listening to her own gut and being able to tell the difference um, between a need and a want. And, a, and so like when she went to drop my brother off at, at daycare when he was little, and she looked and she saw like 30 kids and two adults and kids screaming for their moms. And she was just like, "What? this is wrong. Like, no, I'm not going to leave my children to be raised by strangers while they're screaming to be in my arms. Like they wouldn't be screaming to be in my arms if they shouldn't be in my arms. And so um, she listened to that. And it was just that one thing after another. Why would I let complete strangers? Oh, because. Uh, they're approved by the government. Why would I trust, you know, it was just, why would I trust anything outside of myself? Why would I trust any authority other than what is, you know, my gut instinct, my own sense of rightness is telling me with my child? Why would I listen to someone else telling me, oh, no, you have to leave them. You have to make them cry themselves asleep. You have to send them off to school even then when they don't want to go. And you have to make them learn these things even when it feels wrong to them and wrong to you. And you break, you, you know, you have to break the connection and the relationship in order to force someone to do something against their will. You have to. You break trust. You break connection. You break everything. Um, when you step over 
your own sense of rightness and you violate someone else's consent. And that, that's the only way you can do that is by breaking your own spirit and theirs. And so it, for my mom, it wasn't about so that her kids would be successful. It wasn't, you know, so that we would this or so that we would that. It was not for someday. It was not to affect us in any way. It was because to her, it was a matter of right and wrong. It was just, this is right and this is wrong. And that's what it was for her. And it might not be the same for everybody. I'm not saying like what's right for everyone. It's just that, um, I mean, I do feel like it's wrong for anyone against their will to use their minds um, in, in ways they're unwilling to. Um, I do. I feel like that's wrong and that's obvious to me. And so it's funny that we don't apply that to children because a lot of people will agree with me if I say that just like, oh, no, it's wrong to force people against their will. People are like, yes, yes, yes. And I'm like, and children too. And they're like, uh, <laughs> kids True. don't count. Like, what is that? Like, we think that, oh, you turn a certain age and then suddenly, you know, you're imbued with like human rights that you did not have before. Like, I don't, there's so many things that don't make sense there and how, where we've gotten to and um, with the way that we treat children and it, the disconnect to me is so incredible. It's so huge. And it's so incredible. And I feel like you just, all you have to do is start asking some simple questions. And it doesn't even need to be this super intense psychological thing. You don't even need to start. Like, I've studied a lot about a lot of these things. You know, I've read John Taylor Gatto. I've read Peter Gray and um, John Holt. And, you know, I've, I've read those books myself because as an adult, I wanted to know what, what got my mom into this. I wanted to know. And then I wanted to know other people's ways of explaining and theorizing and discussing. And so I've read all those books and they're all wonderful. And I highly recommend go ahead. If you're that kind of mind, if you're that kind of person, go absorb all the information, do all the research that you want, but also don't let any of it, no matter what it is, bypass your own sense of rightness. Um, and if anything, I feel like that's the work is to get in touch with your own sense of rightness. And that's, that's directly from my mom. That's not even me saying that. That's my mom. <laughs> you know, my mom says like, that's, that's it. That's all she thinks. She says, someone asked her once, like, if you could go back and you could tell your younger self, you know, as a mother, like tell us when you were new to mothering, like if you could give yourself one piece of advice, what would it be? And, and what would you tell other mothers? And my mom said that, um, that really what it comes down to is, you know, you do know, even when you don't think you do, you know, alone, you alone know what is right for yourself and your children. And don't let anyone bypass that. Uh, don't bypass it yourself. But that the real work is getting in touch with that, because a lot of people are so disconnected because of how they were raised because of their constant day after day after day being forced to shut that down and disconnect from that because it's too painful. It's too painful to stay in touch with your sense of rightness when every day you're being forced against it. So we break that connection in order to survive. And so it can be um, a bit of a process getting getting back in touch with that. And I feel like a lot of these books, say, you know, there's a lot of uh, really beautiful research out there. There's like um, studies on child brain development and psychology and hold your babies and attachment parenting and why breastfeeding and why this and all of these things. And I feel like maybe we a lot of people need that to get there 
because it gives them permission to listen to their own sense of rightness. Um, and so one of the books, I feel like it's the book I would recommend to the whole world, actually, is The Continuum Concept um, yes. by Jane And that was, yes. my mom discovered that book when I was little. So, and she was already doing that without knowing. She was already kind of following the continuum concept, um, which is why I say and why she says that you can get there on your own if you just start in, you know, doing your own inner work. But that that book, like, was a huge acknowledgement and recognition for her and she would recommend it to everyone. It's the one book that her and I both would recommend to everyone on the whole planet if we could, because I feel like that would change the world. Because I really do feel like where it starts. It starts um, in infancy and the schooling part, the unschooling part is really just a, um, a side effect you could say, or like a, a consequence of my mom's choices to honor herself and her children and to honor um, our nature. And so the schooling really was just a side effect of that. And it wasn't like a plan. It didn't come from some big plan, you know, and it was little by little. I'm the third one down. So I got lucky by the time I came along, a lot of the, uh, uh, experimentation was <laughs> was over. <laughs> really relaxed into her, um, into her mothering, and had already tried a lot of things and discarded a lot of things and and processed a lot and evolved a lot by the time I came along. So I'm really lucky. My older brothers were the guinea pigs, you could say, in a lot of ways, and they had the most um, the most pressure from other family, like outside family, grandparents, and, and my dad. Um, my parents split up when I was really young. My dad did not approve. And um, that was really, really hard because we spent weekends with him and my stepmom. And they even took us to court at one point to try to force us to public school. Um, my grandma called CPS at one point to uh, say that we were being neglected because we weren't sent to school and these kind of things, you know? So it wasn't just happy, happy, joy, joy, easy, easy all the time. Like my childhood was, was in, there was a lot of intensity and there was a lot of adversity and there was a lot of challenge. And my mom was um, alone, you know, she was totally alone and she's the strongest woman I know because I, I've never met anyone else who could do what she did to stand alone in that and to um, stay with her convictions and her, yeah, I'll keep saying her sense of rightness. It's like my favorite term these days, but um, to stay in that and to stand by her own truth and her own knowing against everyone, against the whole world, really, against what everyone was telling her to just be like, nope. I know what feels right and I'm going to do this and to be completely alone in that. Like it wasn't until I was like maybe six that we met one other family that was kind of on a similar path. And then they were like our best friends for a long time. It was really hard. It was really hard to connect with other families. And although we had some, we had social interactions and we took classes and we had things, you know, um, but it was really hard oftentimes because not for us, but for other people to hang out with us, to spend time with us, because it would make them very uncomfortable, the 
the type of freedom that we had. And, you know, kids, of course, would go, would go to their mom and go, hey, how come they don't have to do a math worksheet? <laughs> and that was really hard for people to um, tell their kids, you know, that they had to do things when we weren't doing them and we were okay. And especially as we got older. And even like people oftentimes upon initially meeting us would think we were the most wonderful family they ever met. They'd never met anyone so peaceful and lovely and, you know, cohesive and functional. And um, they'd never met such an amazing family. And kid, we were all so well-spoken and so polite and so kind and so helpful and having conversations with adults and, you know. But then they didn't like why people would be like, I want what you have. And, they, and then they would be like, but I, I don't want to do that because there's no way I'm going to let my kid, you know, not do their math homework. There's no way I'm going to allow that. So they would want to have a lot of people, you know, they, they want to have their cake and eat it too. They want, they're like, I want my kids to be like your kids, but I don't like what you're doing. So, <laughs> and then they would have to find ways to make it wrong and, um, you know, criticize. And be like, well, you know, she, your child doesn't know the answer to five plus five. And that's, you know, like that. And my mom would be like, I don't care. She'll learn that eventually when she's ready, because that's part of life. And that's part of what she'll need to know to live whatever kind of life she likes. And I have complete faith and trust that my child is fully capable and intelligent. And that will happen for her. Um, and that's what I had. I grew up with that. I grew up with a mom that looked at me as if I already am perfect whole and complete and capable and intelligent and I knew that by not just by her words but because she always treated me as such and the moment that a parent a mother a parent anybody really the moment an adult tells a child that they have to do something they have to sit here and they have to do this math worksheet even when they don't want to, it feels wrong. Maybe they're not even, their brain isn't even ready. Like you don't know just because you think they're at the appropriate age means nothing about their brain development. So the moment you tell a child that they have to learn this thing, they have to use their brain, they have to focus their energy and their attention and their, you know, they have to learn this thing because other people think they should. Because um, if they don't learn this thing, they're not going to be okay later in life. That child, what other conclusion can they possibly make than to think something is wrong with me? If I'm not going to be okay the way, if I'm not okay the way I am, something must be wrong with me. People are making me do things that don't feel right, which means what feels right for me must be wrong. So you, you learn to distrust your own sense of what's right for you. You learn to distrust your, your instincts, your desires, your passions, your, um, your interests. And I didn't have to go through that. I didn't have to go through that. So I had a mom that she would never do that to me. You know, she would never communicate to me that I'm broken by forcing me to do something against my will for no other reason than because someone else thinks I should. Because someone else is afraid that I won't be okay if I don't do this thing. Because actually, that's not really any of your business. Um, there's not, there's some times when, sure, I had to do things I didn't want to do, but it was for now and it was for a good reason. It wasn't because someone thought I wouldn't be okay someday. 
It was only ever because it was a practical need in the moment. Like, no, I'm sorry, you do have to get in the car because your brother has a class and we need to be there on time. And I'm sorry, this is just part of being a family. And sometimes we're going to have to do things we don't want to do. And that's the way life is. But that's like a legitimate reason. That's not just because someone thinks I should because I might be a screw up and a failure someday. You know, that's like imaginary. It's not even real. That's just someone's fear. You're just forcing children to learn things that they may or may not need out of fear and literally nothing else. Literally nothing else. And my mom just saw right away from the time we were little, it's like, it's easy. It's easy to see in babies and toddlers. Like, and she just knew it wouldn't be any different. Like children, they learn to crawl. They learn to walk. They learn to talk with little to no help from you. Actually, you couldn't stop them if you tried. And then, you know, you're feeding them with a spoon. And at some point they grab that spoon from your hand and they don't want your help anymore. And one day they want to go down the slide by themselves and they push you away even when you try to help them. They say, no, I want to do it on my own. They want to be independent. It's human nature to be independent, to be free. And freedom requires learning. And it's like, what, what do you think is going to happen if you don't make them? You think they're really going to just live at home forever? You think they're not going to get their driver's license because they don't know how to read? Like, I would have done anything. I would have learned rocket science if it meant getting my driver's license, like we will learn what we need to learn to be free and independent if we are cared for on an emotional and psychological level, if our mental and emotional well-being is cared for. Because I'm not talking about children who are like, obviously, that might not happen if there's abuse in the home or if there's, you know what I'm saying? Like if there's, um, there's other elements at play. I'm saying that children who are healthy and in balance, they're in their natural state of balance, will learn everything that they need to learn. So in my opinion, from my experience, that was my mom's job and she fulfilled it beautifully, was to was to support me in my nap in maintaining my natural state of balance. My mental and emotional well being was cared for so that I could learn according to my nature. So that I could, you know, gain that independence for myself out of my own desire for it. Um, and that desire is inbuilt. I feel that that is human nature as long as it doesn't get derailed. So to me, unschooling, if we want to use that term, or self-directed learning or child-led learning, it's not about the learning. That will happen if, if the adults in the child's life, if the caregivers focus on their emotional and mental well-being, the learning will take care of itself. Um, I will guarantee that, honestly. Um, and that's, that is really the difficult part, though, you know, is supporting children emotionally and psychologically and, and creating that safe space. And um, there's so many influences in the world right now that can really deeply affect, really deeply affect a child's um, development. And so I think that, that it's like a, wow, parents have a really big job, <laughs> a really big job. and. You might have to say no to a lot of things that everyone around you is saying yes to, and you might have to be alone to do this. You might have to, you have to be willing to be alone. And I think that a lot of people aren't willing to be alone. And, and that, that's like what my mom says, is that if you're not willing to 
certain things if you're not willing to sacrifice that you might not you know be able to to fully how's the word it's not that you won't be able to support your children emotionally or psychologically it's just that you will suffer certain consequences um and you can't do some of these things and not suffer those consequences and um yeah i feel like there's a lot of um <laughs> that's another disconnect is just between cause and effect people want to argue that you know this doesn't cause this and i'm like but it does <laughs> but it does and if you force your children against their will to learn things they're unready for they're unwilling to they're uncomfortable with you have to accept that they might learn that you don't think they're okay. They might learn that they're not okay. They might learn that something is wrong with them and they're going to have to live with that for the rest of their life. And they might, I don't know how that's going to affect them. Or they might be fine, according to you, the way that you think fine is. I don't know. I'm just saying that um, there are consequences to all to all of the ways in which we treat each other. And I'll, I think that we don't always want to look at those consequences because if we admit the consequences of how we're treating children, we're going to have to change how we're treating children. And a lot of people don't want to give up certain things because we're so attached to them because we're so afraid of what will happen if we let go of them. Um, we're terrified of what we actually are. We're terrified of what we actually are as human beings. Like what are we really afraid of if we allow children to develop according to their nature? What do we think is going to happen? You really think that human beings are naturally just lazy losers who, you know, are rude and antisocial and want to live in a basement and never talk to anyone? And um, I don't because I believe that human beings are, by nature, independent, creative, artistic, um, magnificent beings. That's what, and I think that we just need to protect that. We don't need to make them into that. They already are that. So it's more about just not fucking that up. <laughs> it's more about what we, it's almost more about what we don't do than what we do do when it comes to children. Because um, when I spend time with children, I notice how valuable silence is. Space and time and silence and not filling all the space and time and silence with my thoughts and my ideas and me trying to create and lead them and like allowing them to blossom in that space and silence is so beautiful. The creativity that comes out of children when we step out of the way is mind boggling. And a lot of people never get to experience that because they're too afraid to step out of the way. Um, and I understand why, like it's, it's, it's so intense. The fear is so intense. And it's generation after generation of this um, serious programming and brainwashing about how you're not okay unless you're controlled by an authority. You are not okay unless you're controlled by an authority. Like that is the messaging that everyone has gotten throughout their whole life. If you don't go against everything that feels right to you from the time you're little, you are not going to be okay. So you have to continually go against what feels right for you. You have to continually listen to what other people want, what other people think, what other people think you should and should not do with your life. And you need approval, outside approval constantly. You know, you need this certificate and you need that certificate and you need this degree and you need these people to approve of you and you need this. It's this whole thing because 
we've completely lost our um, our confidence in ourselves and who we are as human beings and what we're capable of. And um, it's all about this looking to an authority, looking to an authority and having a, a plan. Have a, get a plan, have a plan, have a path, follow a guidebook, follow a rule book. And this, like the way that I was raised, it threw it all out. It threw all of it out. And it was free fall, you know? And that's terrifying. It's completely terrifying for most people. If you're not used to living in the unknown, like choosing to unspool is like jumping off of a cliff. It's completely terrifying. And I get it for sure. And you might need to go little by little by little. And that is perfectly fine. And you need to be really patient with yourself and you need to be forgiving yourself every day because you are dealing with layers and layers of programming and brainwashing in yourself it's like you're exiting a cult and you're having to deprogram from the cult and that's not easy so I have like huge respect for anyone who's choosing to do anything remotely outside of you know the very traditional um, system that we have in place in the U.S. and Canada, all throughout the world, really. It's all throughout the world at this point. Um, it's huge, and it's terrifying. So, like, massive acknowledgement to anyone who's even considering or questioning, because it's, yeah, it's a wild ride, man. When you start taking responsibility for yourself and your life and your children, um, and you stop looking to an authority to tell you what to do and how to live and how to be and how you should be, how your children should be and what you should do to your children or to get them to be okay someday. Um, especially with the socialization. That's always, that one always cracks me up. That still cracks me up. And I see like, I'm part of these unschooling groups on Facebook and stuff. And I see these posts still. Uh, oh, I just, sometimes I just laugh like that. It's still a question. And I understand that to me, it occurs like it's still a question because I've been dealing with it for so long, but to some people it's completely new completely new you know they're just just starting to look outside of the system and they're like but what about socialization and it's hilarious to me that that's the thing like when where did that come from when did that start like who decided that we needed school to be socially comfortable um i don't know but if you want your children to be um you know really What's the opposite of antisocial? Like, I don't even know. Healthy? <laughs> Socially healthy? I don't know, because they might be antisocial, or they might be awkward. But you know what? Most people are. And public schoolers are some of the most awkward and strangely social people. Like, when people talk about their fears that they have about homeschooling and unschooling, I'm like, but look around you, because all the people... When you look around and you go, I'm afraid my kid's going to be like that. I'm afraid my kid's going to be like that. Those people went to school. Those people went True. to school. You know, like I know people who um, who can't spell and struggle to, you know, they're at massive social anxiety, serious depression, people who are, you know, addicts, people who are homeless, people who are really struggling in life and having a really really hard time and it's not because they didn't go to school that is not it it's not because they didn't do math it's not because they didn't do science and they didn't have social studies it's not because they didn't play on the playground or have class it's not because they didn't go to school that is not why people are struggling on the planet so that 
to me is like there's a lot of suffering going on a lot of really intense psychological suffering on the planet right now and especially i feel like um well actually it's everywhere so I, I can't even say where it's more than others but it does seem like western society is struggling more so with the psychological and we do have the highest rates maybe because we're keeping track i don't know um of like people on antidepressants and antipsychotics and like we're dealing with some serious emotional and psychological issues and trauma and damage um and it's not because we didn't go to school that's not the problem so it's really interesting to me when people are terrified that their kids are going to end up like that if they don't send them to school um true and you know what it's like my mom when we were little she faced that fear and she was like, I don't know, maybe they will be socially awkward. Maybe they will, you know, struggle to get a job. Maybe they will. She's like, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to do what feels wrong now because I'm afraid of something that might happen later. She didn't let her fear of what might happen later justify um, violating our human rights, I would call it. You know, maybe that sounds a little strong, but she didn't let her fear of what might happen control her, control how she treated her children. She chose to um, she chose to follow what she felt was right over her fear, and I feel like that's the challenge for a lot of people. That is the challenge: is um, listening to that versus listening to the fear because the fear can be very intelligent <laughs> and you have support from the system you have support from society to listen to the fear um that is where you're going to find the support we have a very fear-based support system in our society so that's what you're going to get agreement for that's what you're going to get validation for is listening to the fear so it can be very very lonely and very very challenging to choose not to listen to the fear and um follow something else 